Open your cerebral cortex and shift your lobes into upper beta phase because you are going to have Bitcoin knowledge transmitted directly into your vestibulocochlear. Your host of Bitcoin Knowledge is Trace Mayer, an early Bitcoin advocate since it cost a quarter, but this is not intended to be investment advice. A doctor of jurisprudence, but this is definitely not legal advice. And an investor in core cryptocurrency infrastructure, including Armory, BitPay, Kraken, and Mitagio, but this is not a recommendation of those services. Here, you get fed via direct mind download with pure and free Bitcoin knowledge. Welcome back to the Bitcoin Podcast. We have an excellent interview with Michael Turpin. He's co-founder and chairman of BitAngels and also the founder of CoinAgenda. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Trace. Just to start off, give us a brief description of what you do over there at BitAngels. Sure. So BitAngels was something that I started with David Johnston about a year and a half ago because we really saw a need for a group to connect the angels in the community. So VCs were starting to make investments as early as early 2013, and the angels didn't really seem to know each other. And most of the companies that I saw at the first Bitcoin Foundation conference were looking for seed money. They weren't looking for uh, Series A and Series B. And so we started it, and we had 60 members within one week, and now we're over 600 members globally. Yeah, maybe even like pre-seed money. Some of them is like, oh, I want 50 grand or 100 grand. We have had actually a number of companies like that, and we've had a number of success stories like that. For example, ExpressCoin, which is originally called Cash into Coins, presented in the first couple of months. They were looking for 150000 and one of our members took the entire round and then moved them from Washington down to Santa Monica and you know, then started building the company with them and bringing in more people, and they've now had a couple of rounds of funding since then. Oh, that's awesome. What are some of the other companies you've worked with, like MasterCoin? Right. So MasterCoin was primarily funded out of the BitAngels. So David Johnston had discovered what JR was doing with his white paper, and David's focus is really in the decentralized applications. My focus is a little bit broader. I'm interested in all areas of the Bitcoin infrastructure and the different levels of companies, everything from exchanges and wallets to as it develops into, you know, kind of bit commerce applications and everything that's going to develop just like everything developed over with the internet over a period of 20 years. We'll see social applications, etc. So with MasterCoin, we aggressively worked the network. So David was a passionate believer. He put in, I believe it was about 100,000 of the 600,000 they were looking to raise. Now, mind you, this was last August when Bitcoin price was $100. <laughs> so they were looking for 6,000 coins. And I believe our members put in about 3,000, maybe a little bit over 3,000 of those Bitcoins. Obviously, within a couple of months, they were sitting on a $5.5 million war chest and in terms of the Bitcoins. And then they also, the price of, of MasterCoin uh, went up over 100x during that period on a cash basis, went up about 10x on a comparison to Bitcoin to Bitcoin. Yeah, I think that 100x, I'd actually written a little bit about that. And so, you know, a lot of people think, oh, you know, Bitcoin going from, you know, pennies or whatever to 32 bucks or hundreds of dollars, like that that only happened once. But me personally, on one of my blogs, I had called four different investments in advance that all had over a 10x return within 12 months. We have tremendous returns like this happening in the cryptocurrency space, like all over the place. That's correct. We've also invested in a number of other app coins and assets that have come out in the last year. 
One thing that happened earlier this year was David decided that he wanted to go and start a Bit Angels fund. So he led the Bit Angels fund, which was funded in a number of different currencies, Bitcoin and Mastercoin and a few other currencies, and we raised about six million dollars. The first investment was in MadeSafe. Oh yeah, I'm I really like MadeSafe, both technically and perspectively and ideologically, like I'm very intrigued by it. I'm very bullish on that as well and I haven't sold any of my made safe. You know, they're going through their third test net now and when they actually go out it goes live and it works, I think you're gonna see a big run up as well. Yeah, and Andreessen Horowitz Mark Andreessen recently just tweeted out about, you know, being very positive on made safe. Yep. This also kind of highlights how people can find the tool that meets the need that they have and can, can search the entire ecosystem for different tools. For example, MasterCoin, you have the MadeSafe coin issued on top of the MasterCoin protocol, which means that you still need to have your private keys to the particular Bitcoin public key secured properly. Well, the Omni wallet now has integration for signing these MasterCoin transactions with your Armory offline wallets. So you can have all the benefits and security of Armory and yet still be participating in these Bitcoin 2.0 applications on MasterCoin, for right. example. Like, I think this is a very important thing for people to understand. Yes, and you're having developed both MasterCoin and Counterparty, which were people who originally started developing for MasterCoin and then decided they wanted to go a slightly different route. And Counterparty now, which only started in February, they had a little bit different way of uh, issuing their coin. They actually took about $1.6 million in Bitcoins and burned it. Yeah, proof of burn. The proof of burn, which... Uh, which I think is not very smart, but what... I recently, so in addition to uh, what I do with BitAngels and, and, and CoinAgenda, I also um, have been running a PR firm for many years, Transform PR, and we work with about 30 companies in the space, and we worked with MasterCoin in the very beginning, we're working with Counterparty right now, and we've worked with MadeSafe since the very beginning as well. If I'm doing PR and investing in a company, I'm sort of able to make sure that they get good attention. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, the MadeSafe, that was really quite a amazing because that was the first example of really using this Bitcoin 2.0 power on top of MasterCoin. What did it raise? Like, so, I mean, this was quite a record. Right. So the original sort of crowd sale model uh, was developed for MasterCoin. So in other words, do 30 days, get more if you come in early, and make it diminishing returns every day or hour, you know, by algorithm. And so there was usually a rush at the beginning to get in to get the best amount, and then a rush at the end to not miss out. So the crowd sale model is not called crowdfunding because it's a sale of tokens. It's not fundraising to stay away from SEC issues. Yeah, which probably doesn't, but No, but, but <laughs> anyway. I believe that when you call yourself something like BitShares, when you call yourself something like, it's colloquially called an ICO, but if you actually say that on your website, you're probably right. inviting well, trouble. Yeah, well, I mean, under the Howey test, one, is just extremely broad, but two, when you start using investment nomenclature like dividends and shares Correct. and bonds and all these things, I mean, that just is additional circumstantial evidence. But, I mean, the Howey test is very broad, as we've seen in the SEC versus Shavers case. So these whole 2.0 assets and everything, I'm not sure how it all play out with yeah. the SEC, but we have innovation happening, so that's what we're going to talk about. Right. And I think that certain companies where it's clear that what you're developing is a new technology like MadeSafe and where there's no one talking about a dividend, there's no one talking about anything, what you're able to do is actually use the coin to be able to 
decentralized web services. They're looking to be able to have decentralized storage, decentralized routing, decentralized anything that you can do. Bandwidth, bandwidth, proof of different resources. Correct. And which is an incredibly ambitious thing to do, and they're in the process of doing that. So if someone sees that, what the software can do, and you can buy a piece of the software, it'd be like not buying IBM stock, but it'd be like buying a piece of the IBM computer network, which you couldn't do, or the internet. That is what's so unique about this new technology, is you are buying a piece of the network, but you have to have that piece in order to interact on the network. So, I mean, is it a commodity? Is it... They sell prepaid minutes like telecom companies do. So we just don't know exactly how the securities laws do apply. And in some cases, there isn't even an issuer because it's a third-party network. I see it as software and as a token, as an asset. Just like you could buy wine and the price of wine goes up because it's scarce or it tastes good or whatever, you know, software happens to depreciate over time until all of a sudden maybe you need a copy of uh, Vista for some reason and there's only a few shrink wrap ones left, it could potentially go higher than its initial price. Does that make it a commodity? Does that make it a currency? Does that make it a security? Not really. It's a three-eyed fish. I mean, well, we it's a three-eyed something. We don't know whether it's a fish or a dog or a rabbit. I mean, it's just new. I do think that our common law system is very flexible. This is going to get figured out. Legislation will probably be passed over the next years and decades that help solidify a lot of this stuff. But in the interim, we're in uncharted territory. Well, and what I like to say is the current securities laws were written in the 1930s. So not only have they not factored in Bitcoin, they haven't factored in the Internet. They haven't even factored in television. Oh, yeah. Now we have things like YouTube that are making television in a lot of ways obsolete. And, and, so and then Mate says it's going to make YouTube obsolete. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and Netflix and all these other things. Exactly. So that is definitely an area that David in particular, what was originally called the BitAngels Fund, and then just to make it less confusing, it's now called the DAPS Fund. Oh, okay. So for decentralized applications because, you know, sometimes I'd be quoted as being BitAngels Fund when I was referring to the network. Right. And so David is off continuing to invest in coins, and I'm a partner in that fund. Uh, and an investor, happy about the investment that have been done. And I now am basically in charge of the overall BitAngels group, and David's focus now is really fully with the fund. Yeah, well, this is all just very exciting because we've got the Bitcoin protocol, but we're going to be able to further extensify it. Mm -hmm. And that's where it becomes even more and more useful. You know, you talked about all these different altcoins. I talked about, like, being able to secure your MadeSafe coins or your Master coins in Armory. And now with the OmniWallet, we have this offline transaction. And Counterparty, by the way, also recently announced that uh, they're working with uh, Armory as well. Armory integration. Blockstream just raised $15 or or so. What's your view on this side change project and this potential interoperability and how that can help us retain a lot of research and development that's sure. been going on in all these different areas. Well, in addition to BitAngels, the DAPS Fund, one of my other investment areas is I'm a partner in the Bitcoin Syndicate on AngelList with Nick Sullivan and Gil Conchina. Gil is the number one angel on AngelList. If you look at his bio, its headline is $25 billion in exits. Oh, goodness gracious. So he was on the founding team at eBay. He was an angel investor in PayPal and LinkedIn. He was an angel investor in AngelList. And so 
His average deal he got in very early when they started Angelus Syndicates about a year ago. And he has such a following that his typical deal has $4.5 million of interest wow. per deal. And the angel deal is not that big, right? Yeah. So if someone says, you know, hey, I'm going to put in 25000 and they ended up investing in every other deal that Gil does, that means he's got two point two five million, you know, trying to cram into like a two hundred thousand dollar allotment. So what he decided to do was to go and divide his syndicate into twenty new syndicates, one for every area that he feels is a promising space. So big data, ad tech, e-commerce, and partner with people who are experts in the field. And so for Bitcoin he approached me for deal flow and perspective and Nick for deal flow and perspective and also technical due diligence. We've been up and running now for about three months. We've done three deals, one of which was Blockstream. And uh, the first one was GoCoin, which I was a seed investor in through BitAngels. And now I was able to do a follow-on investment, you know, through the syndicate. So you know, we're trying to build the on-ramp and off-ramp. <laughs> in some cases, the off-ramp is uh, through a crowd sale. And obviously... For more traditional companies, it is through a sale or a merger or a traditional IPO. And there will be traditional IPOs in this space. And we'll just see whether it's BitPay or Coinbase or, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if it was someone like KNC Miner, who we represent for BitFury, because if you look at the raw numbers, I mean, these are companies that did $100 million plus in their first year of business. There's not a lot of companies in any field that do that. Yeah, but mining is a whole different kettle of fish, like, and being able to make sure your balance sheet is sufficiently fortified to withstand the cyclicals of that individual market. Which is why I think that a couple of the top mining companies, and they're really down to about five or six now, that really are just blowing away everybody else because they have the money and the resources right. and the client base. As you know, it's starting to move a little bit more into industrial mining because oh, yeah, the home miner has gone from being able to do it on any PC to needing a pretty good graphics card, needing the $10,000 machines. And even if they're willing to pay more and more for the machines, they've run out of power. Most people don't have a couple of megawatts at home. Also, the financialization of Bitcoin, like the derivatives, the swaps, the futures, a lot of that's going to greatly impact the mining industry when the regulations kind of get put in place that we can can do this. I think it's already impacting it in that I've been saying for a while that mining is not what's keeping the price down. I was on a panel with Tim Draper a couple of weeks ago, and he told the miners, he said, you guys got to stop selling your coins, you're hurting the price. And I said, Tim, i got to call you out on this one. Miners are not the ones that are selling, it's merchants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was about 300 people in the audience, and I said, I think we established that the typical miner there had been mining for over two years. And I said, how many people in the audience sell all their coins? Two hands went up. And then when I got to how many people sell none of their coins, about half the room. And they're mostly miners? They were all miners. All miners. It was a mining conference. It was called Hashers United. It's definitely the merchant adoption. Like, BitPay is just doing too good a job. (laughs) And that's a necessary evil that I'm happy to What's the second network effect? You know, we got seven different network effects taking place. You got the speculators, merchants, consumers, security or miners, developers, financialization with Wall Street, and then liquidity, the settlement currency function. And it just shows that we're just so much in the early innings of all this. I mean, it really is still a space where angel investors are going to be able to make some good deals. Yeah, and this is probably one of those rare times that there's just so much to choose from because it's like investing in the Internet in 1994. 
95. You still have to do a lot of due diligence, whereas with Bitcoin, I think you just look and say, is it ever going to get up to 1,000 again? And if you think that is, then that's 3x what it is now. Typically, I take Bitcoins for my services. I take Bitcoin for the trade shows. I do. I take Bitcoin for my agency services. You know, I'll take Bitcoin for whatever I do if you've got Bitcoin and you want to part with it. And when it was 1000 I thought it was probably a little bit overpriced. So I tended to convert more of it into not even selling, because I've actually never sold a Bitcoin, but spending it on things. As opposed to when it's 325 I'm trying not to spend things at 325 because I know that every $325 that I spend is $1,000 of next year's money and $10,000 of, you know, 2020 money. Being able to even try to come up with a way to value Bitcoin is definitely a challenge. Anyways, I think we've kind of run out of our time. We've had Michael Turpin, co-founder of BitAngels. How do we find you? I'm uh, Michael at coinagenda.com or michaels at bitangels.co. So bitangels.co, and how can we follow you on Twitter? Oh, that's the easier one. I'm at Michael Turpin, T-E-R-P-I-N. Okay, wonderful. Thanks for being on the podcast with us. Okay, thanks, Trace. Be sure to get a copy of the free Bitcoin Guide at freebitcoinguide.com. Got a question or suggestion? Record your voice at Bitcoin.kn. Don't be shy. To help the show, share Bitcoin.kn with friends, post about it on Reddit, and otherwise, spam the interwebs. Your iTunes comments and five-star reviews are very important to us. Please continue tuning in to the Bitcoin Knowledge Podcast, where we release interviews with the top people in the Bitcoin world. Now take some choline and let that Bitcoin knowledge consolidate.